Hello everybody and welcome to episode 132 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me, as always, is... We should have done this for episode 1, 2, 3... Bit late now. Darn. Hi, I'm Chris Fint, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And in case you're wondering, we're going to be talking about wrestling. Now, this is, this is going to be one of the fly-by-your-seat... At the edge of your pants or the other way around. You see, it's already started. But this is one where we've nothing planned for. So this is just going to be a conversation between Alan and I to do with the topic of professional wrestling. And there's, how... there's no agenda. There's no script. There's no questions. There's no nothing. So, um, yeah, everybody, enjoy the show. Okay, so my first question for you, Alan, is obviously we've attended WrestleManias and things like that together. But... When it was a terrible time. It was. It was a terrible time. We haven't done it since. That's how terrible it was. Um, <laughs> well, mainly that and money. Um, but when, for you, were you starting to move away from just solely watching the WWE and then branching off to other things, which we'll talk about in a minute or two? Okay, interesting question. It's probably in the last sort of three, three and a bit years where I really started to sort of, you know, step away. Okay. from WWE and to a lot of folks that are into independent wrestling and other different uh, companies wrestling they'd probably go well you're definitely a relative newbie in, in this department and I think it does come back to the product okay so it is so before before that Obviously, people remember the first time they watched wrestling, whether yes. it was Mick Foley being thrown off the steel cage, whether it was Austin Stunner and Vince McMahon or whatever. Was there a certain point that was almost your breaking point that you watched something and it was like, that's it, have not now? You know, like some people do that with The Walking Dead. Some people do it with Doctor Who, you say. But was there a certain, like maybe a Monday Night Raw where you watched uh, a promo or something or a match and went, right, I've, I've had enough of this now? I think, I'm not going to say ever that I've had enough <laughs> of WWE. I think it's one of those things that no matter how frustrated or annoyed or whatever it is, or you know, bad you feel the product is at that time, it's one of those sort of things. Um, this is when you know we're really off script folks when I start to bring out these sort of things. Like you're a heroin junkie or something like that. You're, it's, it's been in your bloodstream for so many years now <laughs> that it's hard to give up. Operation Rorschach does not condone the use of cocaine, heroin, or any other illegal substances. Thank Please you consult that, your doctor before consuming this. Yes, thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> um, but you get my point. It's been a part of your life for so long mm-hmm. that you would find it very hard to give it up. Okay. But the telltale signs that were there and have been there for a considerable amount of time that have made me eventually look elsewhere for my wrestling is that as time has gone past I have fast forwarded through episodes of Raw and Smackdown mm-hmm. more and more guys that I were I was very much invested in especially uh, you'll know from WrestleMania 29 Dolph Ziggler and the such um, when their matches are on TV now I'm fast forwarding through them because I'm just like you know I would love to be invested with you still you know mm-hmm. go on the ride with your character want you to do well, all that sort of stuff. But I just know that the company aren't invested in you, so how can I be fully invested in you, that sort of thing. So that, for me, would probably be the kind of key contributing factor Mm -hmm. is a lot of the guys that I would be into, just they're not the ones that the company's interested in. So, and the kind of the overall quality of the TV show week to week more than anything. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I mean, obviously we'd attended WrestleManias together. We'd attended, um, you know, certain live events. You know, Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, oh dear. You know, like he made That's a proper there. throwback. That, that really is a throwback. But for me, like, um, the London ones that we went to were probably the last ones that I had went to. Yeah. Um, I think at that stage, after WrestleMania 30, for me, I'd seen what I'd wanted to see. I'd seen... For the first time ever, Stone Cold Steve Austin. For the first time ever, the Hulk Hogan. 
like come down the ramp to their music like because you remember what happened in wrestlemania 29 the monday night raw whenever i was looking away and i heard the glass shatter and i went like that and it was a promo and you and chris were just standing there laughing your asses off at me because i heard the start of the music of one of my favorite guys so to see those two in the ring at the same time and then the rock coming out and messing it all up but for me, that was, you know, so many firsts. That was the first time that. Seeing, you know, Daniel Bryan win the belt for the first time. Seeing Undertaker being defeated at WrestleMania for the first time. Where you could have heard... If somebody had farted in that arena, you could have yeah. heard it. It was that quiet. Um, but for me, that was like, how do I top this? And yeah. that's kind of whenever I kind of... Like you say, you know, like I kind of took a step back. And it's only been kind of... Like, we'll talk about this in a minute or two. But it's only been within the last within the last couple of months yeah that I've decided to watch independent wrestling now obviously you were at quite a few WrestleManias after that Alan decided to go with a different Chris but regardless um, this other Chris was with us at the same time anyway, yes but we anyway went. well we'll you know like we've got a hill to get over but anyway so, hey, so obviously one of the big things for you was that on one of the WrestleManias you attended one of the NXT takeovers yeah how big a factor has NXT been for you with the WWE product with the fact is we have a 3R Raw we have a 2R Smackdown we have then 205 Live we then if you count all the other stuff like Total Bellas and all that kind of stuff for the 1R show like NXT and then the NXT takeovers which to a certain degree which we'll talk about in a minute have eclipsed the events after that yeah you know because there's even a WWE 24 wherever Triple H comes in and says you expletive and go I said to go out there and steal the show but how are we going to follow that exactly. and whenever somebody who's performing the next night says that you know like that says a lot and even my voice goes higher whenever I say it superstar <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> wow um, but for you for you how big was that take over there to kind of not to kind of um maybe reinvigorate you yeah. with the WWE product because obviously you're not going to WrestleMania just going here it's it's 10 minutes down the road let's just yeah. go for a laugh you know no. like it's something that you you know like like tickets go on sale I think in a couple of weeks for next year's WrestleMania uh, this week yeah so um, so uh, travel packages went on sale last week or the week before so they did uh, I almost I almost gave. That's another thing to talk about later, maybe. Okay. Um, with a whole thing with Chris as well. But, uh, yeah, NXT, I would say, is actually actually a very huge contributing factor to probably where I am with wrestling okay. at the moment. Um, and let's, let's bring it right back to what you were saying about WrestleMania 30 first, because... If you go back and look at that event, if you were a long-time wrestling fan, yes, that is the perfect logical... If you were to kind of, you know, tip your hat and bow and walk away... Which the Undertaker should have done yes. then. Okay. Um, but, you know, from your standpoint, that was a pretty good one to walk away. Like you said, you'd seen Daniel Bryan win the title. You'd seen Hogan and Austin and Rock I've, and I've, all in the I've always the said time. that after that Hogan Austin Rock segment if they said to me that's WrestleMania done <laughs> I would have been happy yeah. I would have been like here they've ripped us off I would have been happy you know because I sang along we all sang along to Real American even though none of us are American Yeah. but you know like and then you know whenever you hear Austin's music or The Rock's music or whatever it kind of like I get goosebumps yeah. and that's what The Rock did whenever he came out he went like that on his arm to indicate that he had goosebumps because of the electricity in the building in the you know like in the um, Silverdome then you, you know like you can't get, oh sorry I mean Superdome yeah. sorry. you can't get much more off a roller coaster mm-hmm. I think than that night because you got that moment with Undertaker losing and I think that all boils back as well to and you know Anybody that's anybody that was in that uh, stadium arena, whatever you want to call it, it held like 80,000 people. So <laughs> it feels. Sorry, I still cannot forget, okay? And I still have the video of this. Um, sorry, I just. Whenever you said about that, whenever the seats were empty and I'm videoing around and all I hear is Alan, it's just like a glorified house show with all these empty seats so far. And you're like, wow, what a way to save. <laughs> Did you seriously say that? I have the video wow. on that. Yeah. And I, uh, it's still one of these days. It's still 
that and you thinking that the Ultimate Warrior was going to run because of the way the cameraman that he is and then it was no, like no he's no not. he just stood still yeah um, but you know everybody that was sitting there I think at least 90% would admit that we all were like oh, it's nailed on Taker is going to beat Brock they're mm-hmm. not going to let Brock beat Undertaker blah 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 and I remember sitting there and half chatting with all of you and those around us with kind of one eye still on the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all kind of semi, I'm not going to say semi disinterested, but a lot of took people, it for granted. A lot of people were on yeah. their phone. Yeah, exactly. Took yeah. it for granted. Mm-hmm. Oh, Taker's going to win. And, you know, you're still subconsciously in the match and you pick up that, oh, right, okay, there's been one F5, there's been two F5, right, Taker's kicked out, right, okay. And then you saw the third F5 happen. Mm-hmm. Now, the F5's been completely blown into the stratosphere in terms of how many times it can be hit now. Braun Strowman there recently took oh, four to get the match but, lost. But you have to out of a third. You have to take the gloves off in order to make it more oh, impactful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you do. But the third happened and I just remember kind of my eyes darting left. I was still pointing kind of 45 degrees away from the ring but my eye just darted because I'd seen it out of the corner of my eye and then it was the pin and you're like oh right okay then and obviously shock and awe and then they eventually somehow that crowd even though a good few thousand left after the Undertaker situation back up to the high of Daniel Bryan actually winning the belt after Mm -hmm. having two matches in the one night uh, and doing the Foley spot as well getting stretchered out and all that as well so yeah perfect jumping out point for you so completely get that but then other Chris and I rolled the dice another two times after that Mm mm-hmm and 31, San Francisco, probably one of my favourite trips abroad, never mind wrestling, because uh, we made a proper trip of it. Um, but that was when NXT was still early enough stages. Yeah. So is it, is just, this like Kevin Owens? Yes. Just of... gathering pace. Mm-hmm. You know, this would be, as you would refer to it, probably the golden age of NXT. Okay. Because pretty much... And this is, I'll come back to all this. This is where probably 80% of your main roster now okay. came from. Yeah. So, like you say, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Bailey, Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, Bliss Becky Lynch, uh, Tyler Breeze, uh, Hideo Itami, Neville, Finn Balor, you know, all those guys were on the NXT show of 31 mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 31. Which wasn't a takeover. So it's anybody that was there kind of calls it the takeover before takeovers. Okay. Because this was them testing the water. Because this was, whereas takeovers in NXT now are part yeah. of the WrestleMania package. This one wasn't. This was, you had to get tickets your own. So okay. uh, we got extremely lucky in that regard. Because uh, it sold out like that. So it did. Careful not to spike the audio, Alan. <laughs> um... And it was a great show. And it was a proper house show style. But it had that special feeling of it. Um, Because like. You had Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Mm -hmm. For the NXT Women's title. And that was the match that stole the show. So that's again also those early stages of. Here women can actually wrestle. The the women's you know evolution as they've built it. Happening. That happened in NXT. It started. With Paige and Emma, and then with the whole Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, really just went whoop mm-hmm. right up, and it has never looked back really. Um, another thing from that show, Tyler Breeze versus Hideo Itami, Kenta, first time he hit the GTS in WWE, mm-hmm. and it was made a huge deal of, and then he wrestled in the Battle Royal uh, before WrestleMania the next day as well. So I felt very much invested in NXT from very early doors. Mm -hmm. Going on to the following year then with 32. That, uh, sorry, between 31 and 32, there was NXT TakeOver in London. Yes. Went to that. Um, So that was like Bailey versus Nia Jax for the women's title. That was Cass and Enzo. Why? Versus uh, the Revival for the tag belts. 
<laughs> Darn. So, so I've been watching a lot of being the elite, so I've, yeah. I've caught the FTR yeah. in my head. Baron Corbin versus it, oh, he was Baron Corbin. I guess. can't remember. Uh, I'll probably slap myself for forgetting that. Uh, but Baron Corbin, Finn versus Joe. Wow. Okay. In London. Um. Then again, like I said, WrestleMania thirty two, Dallas takeover. Mm-hmm. So I actually saw back to back takeovers. Okay. Because that takeover in London was like at the winter. Yes. And then they didn't do it until WrestleMania again. Okay. So I got to see Finn versus Joe twice. Right. Uh, and that one in Dallas was the one where I think it was Joe got busted open. And the refs were like holding him back. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and he was getting really frustrated and all. And the fans in the place as well were getting really frustrated. But that was Sami Zayn versus Nakamura as well. So Nakamura's debut in the company and all. Uh Wow, where that's gone as well. That's an that's probably another contributing factor. Uh, that was American Alpha versus the Revival as well for the tag belts. American Alpha winning on that show as well. Uh, that was the show that Bailey, after her really good run with the women's belt, lost it to Asuka mm-hmm. on that show. So there's some pretty big NXT matches I've seen in yeah. person, and that was kicking towards in that sort of two odd year gap of when I started seeing NXT mm-hmm. in person and obviously watching it a lot of that lot had moved on yeah. to the main roster that was kind of the tail end of things really sort of Finn and Joe would eventually move up not too long after that was Sami Zayn's kind of move up as well Owen had moved up as well by this stage so you know we were getting into eventually that new crop Mm-hmm. of guys would be following again so it had felt like that first wave was away and you know your proper investment in that was moving on you're like great i'm gonna see all these guys on the main shows now and it's gonna be that sort of you kind of talk yourself into thinking oh this is really good now because these guys are moving up to the main roster we're gonna get nxt style stuff mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yeah on the whole, it hasn't happened, bar the odd person. Like, Alexa Bliss has went from strength to strength. Oh, yeah. Having uh-huh. moved up from she NXT. For, she, for me, is the modern-day Trish Stratus, is where if you were to watch her in the early days, it's totally different from the way she is now. And in a good sense. You know, like, Trish, whenever she first started wrestling, was horrific, and she would probably be the first one to tell you that. But seeing her now, and seeing her, like, blossom into the so many five time I think it was women's champion it's, it's you know, crazy like, that's why you know I'm trying to say that you know like she has done so well for herself you know like yeah. um, the it, it's a true testament to show that the majority like the Charlotte the Sasha Banks the um, the Becky Lynch especially but like Billy hasn't really cut the yeah. mustard you know like if you were to mention those three They've all been multiple time woman champion, or they've had, and even Sasha's never attained a title. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, she can't even retain her water level in that. You but. know, there's Alexis went from strength to strength coming up from NXT. Probably a more recent one, uh, one I never thought I could sit here and say that has went from strength to strength after NXT is Elias. Mm-hmm. His character's gone from strength to strength. He was a character that. Probably a bit like, I'm not going to say a bit like Tyler Breeze in NXT. Tyler Breeze was kind of almost, uh, in NXT, the gatekeeper. And mm-hmm. then it became Ty Dillinger. You know, they were the ones that were really, really good. Yeah. But on a takeover, would usually lose. So but you very, still were invested So in very them. much like Cassius Ono, to a certain degree now, is yeah. very much like you're, he's still a good person to have there, but he's like your You're the new your toy. NXT you're the, you're the new toy. You have to go through me to prove you belong here. Speaking of which, okay, before we get on to what I want with the next part, speaking of new toys, I take it you've watched NXT and Riddle making his debut. I have, yes. Okay, did you notice what he was wearing on his on his uh, jacket? What, what? Tell me. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend Karen is a big Matt Riddle fan and obviously his last appearance in the Indies was for Progress at Wembley. Yes. So she, there was a guy... Um, who she knows who's friendly with the wrestlers and stuff so he made it clear to Matt that Karen wanted to talk to him and to wish him luck etc so I give Karen a set of Mario pins mm-hmm. that I got from work that I bought whenever I bought like I 
can't remember what game it was, but it's for 30th anniversary because obviously bros, yes. you know, like king of bros, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So he said that he'd wear them on NXT. Oh, wow, cool. So I don't know if I still have the photo of it. Now, they did play it on the latest episode of NXT whenever he's with Keith to, Lee. I'll have to go back and have a proper look at it. he's with Keith it. Lee and Cassis yes, Ono says, yes, yes. oh, look, it's Regal's new toys. You can see the four pins oh, there, very good. which are what Karen give to him. So whenever he just mentioned about new toys there, that just popped into my head. So... It's funny. The, cool. It's funny the fact that something from here has made it on its way, way to you because it's covering the suplex thing on his got attack. You, That's why, you. but it's still a cool thing nonetheless. So, but, but yeah, well, before we get just too far ahead, <laughs> okay. let me dial it back again. Um, I'll speed it up ever so slightly because me being me, I like to ramble and keep things going here. Um, but yeah. Long story short, as I was saying, a lot of those ones that I had grown invested in through visiting these multiple WrestleManias and NXT in the Mm -hmm. UK had moved on to the main roster. And as time has passed, I'd stopped going to WrestleMania because, as you said, money. Mm -hmm. And again, I think both Chris and I had felt again, now we'd reached the point Mm -hmm. where we were like, right okay not time to grow up or anything stretch of the imagination but probably best to put our money elsewhere for now you know yes we still enjoy wrestling but mm-hmm. is it really worth dropping two thousand dollars plus flights plus hotel etc yeah. every single year when that adds up quickly and can be used for other things in life you know chris has got himself a lovely new house and stuff like that you know money can go elsewhere Mm -hmm. and you can actually commit to other things whereas every year it felt like right okay have to save all this money because i'm going yeah to america so once that had happened and then just watching tv and seeing those guys at least the vast majority of those ones that you'd followed in nxt i'm not going to say floundered Mm -hmm. but mishandled misused don't get me wrong there has been loads of storylines with the likes of Kevin Owens and all and other guys that have been really really good like his opening stuff with Cena was really good his stuff when he was Universal Champion was good his stuff with Jericho was good mm-hmm. those sort of things but for a lot of guys the revival the cannon fodder on Raw oh yeah totally you know Ascension as well I'm not going to say Ember Moon is cannon fodder, but she hasn't really had a proper story since she was brought up. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, she's not part of that original kind of considered golden era batch of NXT, but she's still an NXT person that's been brought up. And you're just like, not what have you done for me lately, but what have WWE done with you lately? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yes, she had a bit of a kind of highlight thing at Ev- Evolution with Nia Jax in the Battle Royal and all, but still, she was in the Battle Royal, mm-hmm. the multi-person Battle Royal, where you'd have been much better suited to revisiting her feud with Asuka from NXT, have them have a singles match together and have that electricity happen. Yeah. Um, Tyler Breeze, of course, ended up with Fandango in a tag team and he's now again a residential jobber on Raw. There's just so many different guys. Hideo Itami, one of the biggest guys from Japan at the time when he mm-hmm. came to WWE, is on 205 Live. So, you know, yeah. it, this that's just a kind of drop in the ocean. Okay. Of things. So that is kind of the contributing factor to where we are now. Okay. So obviously one of the big things now is indie wrestling. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I am really like ridiculously new to this, that it's not even funny. Even more so than me. Even more so than you. I'll talk about my kind of journey in a minute. But for you, obviously, there's a couple of wrestling items around here where you have OTT or Pro Wrestling Ulster you know, PWNs. What do you remember what your first indie show was? Yes uh, it was an OTT show it's an odd thing uh, PWU has never been my thing. I haven't okay. gone to a PWU show that's, well sorry that's a lie uh, there's a thing called Culture Night over here uh, in Northern Ireland it's um, Northern Ireland. In, in Belfast it happens once a year and it's basically the whole of Let's call it downtown uh, <laughs> Belfast, near the riverside. Um, 
You're making, the sun, you're making the sun way more glamorous than it, it is, is, isn't it? Downtown, uh, near down, the riverside. Downtown Belfast. Uh, but kind of, it's called the Cathedral Quarter here. And it's where there's a lot of pubs and entertainment venues and other different things. Um, but they use all of the spaces. They use the back alleys, the alleys past all the pubs, the big open spaces in front of churches and stuff like that. And there was one, uh, I think it was three years ago, I went to the Culture Night and PW had a ring up outside uh, one of the churches in that Do sort of general vaguely remember seeing photos of that? Yes. So that probably was my first uh, glimpse of independent wrestling. Okay. Did it really have an impact on me at that stage? Not really. I just thought, oh, to use a proper Northern Ireland term, oh, this is a bit of crack on a night out where I'm going to go for a few beers with friends and see loads of other random entertainment mm-hmm. around the place. And I was just like, oh, wrestling. We'll nip over here. Caught the last match of the night because we were out late. Um, but then it properly happened when OTT were doing a show in Belfast in the Mandela Hall at Queen's University. And this was, again, probably another catalyst to me dipping my toe in the ocean of independent wrestling was the original UK Championship Tournament. Okay. So I'd seen that. I was like, oh, these guys are cool. And oh, there's a guy from Belfast. Oh, so are you talking about the, NX, uh, the WWE UK Tournament? Yes. Or, oh, right. Okay. Yes. okay. So I saw Tucker from here. I was like, oh, there's a boy from here. And then there was Jordan Devlin. I was like, oh, who's he? Uh, you, kind of, you, know, you kind of went along with everybody at that stage like oh look it's the fake Finn Balor sort of thing <laughs> I was know? just about to say that yeah. um, that's a polite that's a polite version it's, of the chant and this is the thing now I'm very defensive mm-hmm. of that of people saying that now uh, which we'll probably get the explaining but Tyler Bate Trent Seven Pete Dunn saw all these guys in that original championship tournament and then I saw oh here's this independent company from Dublin they're doing a show in Belfast oh look Tyler Bates on the card, Pete Dunn's on the card, Mark Andrews is on the card, all guys from that UK Championship tournament. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Let's go. So I went to that show and had an absolute blast. Uh, Tyler Bates' match was immense. Pete Dunn versus Mark Andrews was amazing. And I just was kind of hooked. Okay. So it was, uh, believe it or not, um, I actually fainted at that show. Uh, for a split second because I was dehydrated mm-hmm. um, and I was wearing a big coat because uh, it was winter time uh, and I fell on my arse <laughs> and uh, well you have enough padding there to yeah yeah it was alright sorry if I didn't make the joke Alan would have so yeah yeah um, he makes jokes about the hair so. and I still laugh that the folks that I was with had to turn around to the screen and go oh no 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 he's not drunk he's not drunk he's he's just fainted slightly because of the heat mm-hmm. you know he got real, I got really dizzy and just fell backwards um, think of a comedy movie think Del Boy in, op- in the opposite direction um, but watching especially the main event with Don and Andrews like they're boys that have wrestled each other probably and really, times because really, they came up in the biz together and really good friends as well yeah exactly I was just like wow you know these are two guys giving their absolute all not not doing many rest holds not you know padding out mm-hmm. a match like you've become used to in a WWE match you know for these few hundred people in this hall in Belfast with no real TV cameras yes OTT were filming it for their on demand service and stuff but really how many people are going to see this in the long run and they've went out and give their all mm-hmm. for us for me having paid I don't know what it was £20 for a ticket okay that's what I want to get on to next is okay. like with independent wrestling obviously obviously as you've mentioned you know like you see the up and comers you know like, like you have done with NXT but a big 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 difference is the price of a ticket for there compared to the price of say a WWE floor seat. Yeah. Is this a thing as well that has made it more attractive for you to like I know like um, you were saying about you went down to Dublin for the last OTT show which had uh wasn't it Will Ospreay against Walter? It yeah. was, yeah. So, even with that, travelling down there, you know, like, because obviously either you or Chris drove down, but even probably putting the petrol in the car, 
the parking, the ticket, probably came to less than the price of a WWE ticket. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But is is that something that, not just the wrestling, but is that something that you go, oh, it's 20 quid for this, let's go for that. doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't hurt um, because you wouldn't go, right, okay, I'm going to spend... 50 to 70 pounds on a wrestling ticket and then drive to Dublin and put fuel in the car and pay for parking and buy food and this. You know, you'd be coming out of the day 150 quid deep, Mm -hmm. probably, really. Um, Whereas for that most recent OTT uh, show, uh, 2000 seater venue, our tickets were 27 euro. So probably what, 23, 24 quid. Right. Um, for a general admission seat, you know the ticket prices could go up to your front row prices of mm-hmm. about seventy euros. Yes, which is expensive, but still, you know, you'd be talking a lot more to WWE shows still for front row now. Okay. Um, but you know, if you take everything into account, splitting fuel between you and stuff, it probably only comes to, you know, thirty-five quid to forty quid between you. Yeah. For a really really good show again. Harking back to my point with Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews, where every single match, every single guy is giving everything for every single second mm-hmm. off said match. Yeah. Nobody so nobody phones it in. Everyone's there because they want to be there. They want to be recognised as... Because you don't want to be recognised as a Randy Orton. Now, don't get me wrong, Randy Orton is a skilled performer and stuff, but Randy Orton will be, let's put you in the headlock for five minutes mm-hmm. and let's do and this. And you're that. like... Yeah, because if that annoys the crowd, he's doing his job. Whereas you don't want to pay that money to see that. Whenever you're like, right, okay. Now, um, we've talked about that, that kind of thing with yourself. Like, um, So it was a couple of years ago that you started going to independent shows. Yeah. All In was the first time outside WWE, outside NXT, um, that I had watched a different like in a sense of brand you know yeah. I know it was like Cody Young Bucks etc all putting it together but that for me kind of reinvigorated because I'd heard these names like Kenny Omega I've heard of you know Marty Skrull I'd heard of obviously I'd seen Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels and the likes of TNA and I don't know what it is about TNA but they seem to have some youthful drink where they don't look any older <laughs> the, as the years go on Christopher Daniels is 48 years old and still looks the same as he did back in TNA 15 years ago and the same with Jay Lethal and they still do all the same stuff if not more you know fair enough I'll always admire Christopher Daniels as curry man maybe, maybe it's something to do with uh, shaved heads because Austin still looks incredibly well for his age that's because he's given up beer and he's doing DDP yoga now has he seriously given up beer yeah that was going to be a uh, story for WrestleShock or for uh, WrestleShock News but I decided not to I'm heartbroken by I know but other people have said that they're carrying on the mantle so All In was the first time that I'd watched a pay-per-view or something outside WWE yeah so this for me has led to next month on the 7th of December I'm going over to London with Simon, London, Robbie England. and Karen to go to Fight Forever. So this is their second show. They're meant to have Will Ospreay at the first show to fight. Is this Rev Pro, is it? No, or it's it a, Fight Forever, another one? Fight Forever, so it's a different company. But the, There are the, so many English ones. I know. <laughs> um, but they were meant to have Will Ospreay in the Birmingham one, but because of his injury, he's yeah. had to pull out. But now I've paid... 70 quid for a second row VIP ticket, which gets me in to meet Cody Brandy, um, to meet the likes of, say, the Godfather who's going to be there. But then after that, I get a Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Pritchard and right, cool. his co host. So that's cool as well. I don't know if we're going to go to that. Conrad but Thompson, is it? Yes, yeah. that's the fella. So there's going to be like Flip Gordon there. Again, I'm thinking of being there late and <laughs> Flip Gordon. Yeah. Um, but then there's like Travis Banks. Now he, for me, my story's a bit different because after watching All In, Robbie and Karen are big. I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands, but you were doing the same anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's they feeling animated. And they are, they are big Progress fans, and you know, like Robbie has went there. They're on chapter seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Yes, yeah, he's like that. been going there since chapter thirteen. Yep. So you know, like he's been going there for Sitting quite a while. Jenny. Yes, so um, did I ever show you the photo? 
with him. No, I don't think you have. Right, okay. Oh, sorry, no, yes, sorry, yes, the one with Jenny, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. yes. With the, the one with the two of them yes. from the that the uh, glow, glow thing, thing yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, this was them going like, right, okay, you, you should really, if you want to watch that, you need to watch this kind of stuff. So I was like, right, okay. So like if you were to recommend to me, like, right, so start with this. So I said to Robbie, right, okay, well, I see they've got their on-demand service, something like $8 a month. So what's that, about six quid? And I said, where should I start? And he went, well, it's up to you. Where do you want to start? So my first experience of watching like an independent show was super strong style 16 from last year so from 2017 so i'd seen the likes of you know like obviously after mine's backwards mine's that and then once i watched that then i watched the uk tournament that you watched so it's after watching progress that i understood who zach gibson was who tyler bit six seconds you know matt riddle knee to the face and that was hilarious you know seemed to be in the cigar album that kind of thing yeah but then one of the matches that really just brought me into it was Matt Riddle against Jeff Cobb. Oh, yeah. Which was an absolute barn burster of a... It's just like an absolute snobber knocker of a... Cobb is amazing. But then since that, then my friend Johnny in work has said, well, well, if you like those kind of things, you should watch Ring of Honor. So I've only just literally, like the last um, maybe two months ago, dipped my feet into Ring of Honor. And then obviously Cobb has debuted on that yeah you know like so one of the match, one of the pay-per-views that they had was global wars one from a couple of nights ago which has him versus christopher daniels now i haven't watched it yet and i don't know who wins it but i'm excited about that yeah. and that's one thing that whenever i meet cody will say that all in has kind of reinvigorated my love for professional wrestling now i only watch nxt and nxt uk which we'll get on to in a minute mm-hmm. but for me I find it hard to watch the WWE product because of how good the other stuff is. Yeah. And it's not just because of the, you know, anyone can cut a skilled promo, but it's whenever you watch a match, like like you were saying about the Revival, I think it was Revival versus DIY, two out of three falls match. Yes. I was literally, and I've never ever done this, I was literally on the edge of my seat going, no, no, come on, kick out, kick out. And I've... Even whenever I'm at wrestling shows, but because that gripped me, that was like something that was like, here, you you want to see some great matches? Well, here, hold on to this. And I'm excited for TakeOver, which by the time this comes out, will have aired then, a couple of days before. Um, so I'm excited to see the likes of Gargano versus Alistair Black. I'm excited to see like the Undisputed Era against Pete Dunne, Ricochet. Velveteen versus Champa. Yeah, exactly. So things like that. But... It's only now that whenever I've watched the likes to say Ring of Honor, that I kind of know where Adam Cole's come from. Yeah. Whereas Maybe. now, whereas now I've seen the likes of Matt Riddle in progress, and then he makes his debut on NXT the same way with yeah. Keith Lee, you know, and I can get that. So it kind of, it kind of gives you like I've seen these guys in this, so I know what they're capable of. But I actually find that with Keith Lee. I actually prefer him in NXT than I did in Progress. Oh, really? In Progress, he was... Don't get me wrong, he was great, but he seems to do more high-flying stuff in NXT. So Well, he did do a lot of high-flying stuff on the Independence, but sort of recently not doing it as much before going to WWE. Maybe that was because he was wanting to keep himself mm-hmm. healthy before getting the deal or whatever it is. Um, but talking to these two guys... Yeah. Talking of Riddle, talking of uh, Lee and all, those were guys that I have seen a considerable amount in mm. person through OTT. Yeah. I think I've seen Riddle through OTT maybe three or four times, and I've seen Keith Lee twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen Cobb, seen Ricochet before he went to NXT. It was like one of his last shows in the UK. Because I remember Johnny went, was that the one OTT show up in Belfast? Yes. Because I think it was maybe Ricochet against Marty Skrull, was it? Or Skrull against... Seidel, I think it was. That's what it was, yes. So it was Evan Bourne. Yes. To people who are only okay with WWE. Amazing much. Yeah, but he wishes that he'd pay more attention to that because that was his first step into independent wrestling. And then he met Marty, but he got an autograph and then he didn't get a picture. And now he curses himself mm-hmm. that he didn't get a picture, you know, things like that. But that almost, seeing these guys now moving on, the mm-hmm. NXT, has almost me 
back and reinvested as much in NXT as yeah. I was way back when. Mm-hmm. But I have such more of a variety of wrestling that I watch now. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of feel like, right, I have seen you guys. Now, yes, I'm not going to claim I've watched your entire career. By no stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. have I done that. But I've got to see you guys working your tails off. You're more invested in them because you've seen them going across, you know, like, so you've seen a couple of matches, so you know what they're capable of. Yeah. So whenever they go to NXT, you're like, oh, I've seen him or I've seen her or whatever. So And it's quite funny when I sit down and have these conversations and... You know, with like my dad or whatever, and I go, I I saw him three weeks ago in Dublin of all places. Mm-hmm. You know, and here he is now. You know, standing in the crowd, this Matt Riddle, standing in the crowd at Takeover. Yeah, you wearing, know, wearing like, a lovely suit with flip flops. Yeah, with the flip flops on, with the sandals on, and uh, you know, eventually, you know, my dad go, my dad would get interested in that and mm-hmm. go, all right, I'd be interested to see. Him. And then I eventually showed him, uh, what was Riddle's last match. At least for OTT, uh, which was him versus Osprey, which <laughs> crazy, okay. absolutely insane. Um, and then I think it was who was it? Keith Lee facing his last show with OTT. I think it was like his second to last or third to last independent mm-hmm. match was OTT. What was he? Was he against? Was he Suzuki? I think it was Keith Lee versus Minoru Suzuki, and Cobb. Also wrestled that night against um, Ishii. Uh, this is another thing we can come to the Japanese stuff as well eventually. But seeing those guys, you know, getting like their send offs, mm-hmm. and then now they're on NXT. It's surreal. Yeah. Also as well because you suddenly sit there and you go, I've watched this product for so many years, mm-hmm. mainly WWE. That. That is just such a small pocket of the greater picture. Yeah. And it's like you say, all in opened your Mm -hmm. eyes to that greater... I mean, there was people there that obviously I knew Rey Mysterio. I knew of the Unbox, but I kind of more knew of them of Generation Me from TNA. And that's one thing I've been watching a lot of is some TNA stuff. Because, again, you've seen Joe Daniels, you know, uh, AJ back in the day. You've seen Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe... Although I bought, I have the Jeff Jarrett DVD and then on the Sting DVD, a lot of his matches are Jeff Jarrett, so it's all doubled up pretty much. But yeah, I get what you say that, you know, like you've seen people and then invested in that. But to bring that kind of full circle, like we've said, we've watched WWE pretty much all our lives. But now we have a WWE UK. And as, I can't remember who it was who said it. I think it was maybe Zach Gibson said, we don't have a WWE Norway. WWE Spain we have a WWE UK how do you find this watching this on a weekly basis you know like and then seeing people again like people you've mentioned like Mark Andrews Tyler Pitt Trent Seven years you know like if this was last year about like you know Mark you know fair enough there's some names that I'll go what's his name again you know like you know like but you whenever you mention those names like Pete Dunne obviously 503 odd days or whatever is the UK channel 550 by now yeah but with the likes of that how do you find that actually watching people again you see you've paid money to sit down and watch live and see them in a in this NXT ring with fake Carlito as I like to call him interviewing them Blue Peter presenter yes Um, that's probably why McGuinness has that badge yeah I think the word that sums it up is surreal. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. You know, there's there'd been talk of this for so long from this the first UK Championship tournament coming. It's like, oh, there's talk that WWE want to do a TV show over here. Uh, that's because they knew that, of course, ITV were planning uh, World of Sport come back yeah. and all. So yes, you know, there's ulterior motives really in the long run for WWE that they want to corner the market again, as mm-hmm. always, like Vinny did all those years ago. Um, but yeah, surreal is the word. Seeing Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, uh, Jordan Devlin, uh, Tucker, you know, Zach Gibson as well. Zach Gibson is a guy that, especially through OTT, I just uh, now professionally fell in love with in terms <laughs> of as a performer. Um, he spits fire on a microphone. My friend Johnny has put this in words that... Um... I think is 
pretty much spot on. He's the only person you could see that is in could be in his hometown and gets booed louder there than anywhere else. Yeah. I've never seen, apart from Champa, I've never seen somebody who takes so much heat and radiates it so well, like you say, on the microphone. Yeah. And I totally, totally agree with you. And he's actually one that'll be there in December yeah. and I'm really excited to meet. If you listen to podcasts which I know you do, listen to Flash Morgan Webster's podcast. Yes. There's one he does with Zach Gibson, and there's a story about him being, I think, in Italy, and it's one of the funniest things you'll hear. I'm sure. And there's one that he does with um, Jim Smallman on Tuesday Night Tuesday Night Jaw, and again, he's just a hilarious guy, but because he's like obviously in the, in the ring, he really amps up oh, his yeah. Liverpoolian accent. He's not as loud as that but obviously you know him being Liverpool's number one soon to be the UK's number one soon to be the world's number one but I totally understand and I totally appreciate what you said because I'm the complete same I think he's one that seems to work his socks off but he's good in the ring but like you say you put a microphone in his hand and that's just golden like if if Vince catches wind of him and sees his microphone skills, he's going to just see dollar signs in his yeah. eyes, or should I say pound signs? Whatever works. <laughs> um, he when... hasn't he hasn't been on the last few OTT shows, which I've kind of been a wee bit upset with. You know, I, I want to see him back again. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Now, as we've been recording this show, OTT have had a show going on at the minute in okay. Dublin. Um, sorry to break the bubble, folks, but this is being recorded at another time, <gasps> not when you actually hear it. This is a a week ago um, from when you're hearing this um, and they've just you know on Twitter posted the poster for whatever their show is in February coming up mm-hmm. uh, so for all I know he could be on that poster right now I haven't looked at it and see it do you want me to have a look at it and we'll see have a look at yes, it? we'll have a wee we'll look find at out it together here. we'll find out together where is it OTT has retweeted OTT has tweeted and let's open it up and it hasn't opened up well done there <laughs> oh here we go are we going no it hasn't See, this is the joys of winging it, boys and girls. Well, Here we yeah. go. Uh, okay. I've got it, I've got it. Okay. So, February. Woohoo! Let's see. February uh, Homecoming, it's called. Uh, Spider-Man going to be there? Uh, that <laughs> is going to be Jordan Devlin, Walter, uh, Martina, who's one of the local uh, ladies, Raven Creed, who's one of the local ladies, Neville. Okay. Neville's going to be there. Uh, no sign of Gibson, but it's a very limited number of folks on that poster. So to me, that puts in mind that they have folks for the show. Yeah. But have not announced them yet. Because OTT kind of likes to, over time, go, oh, this person's coming. This yeah. person's coming. And that's February. So it's a good ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, back to Zach Gibson in that regard. I, with OTT, their home base has been the Tivoli Theatre in Dublin since they started and it's unfortunately getting knocked down next year potentially for like flats and all it's really it's really annoying and kind of where OTT goes from here in that regard as in where they call a home base and where they do their shows mm-hmm. it's kind of up in the air at the moment they've okay. been doing shows in like a GAA hall and stuff so like a sports hall right um, this is independent wrestling folks for you especially, especially in the UK and Ireland um, but it's not where they would really want to make home mm-hmm. hereafter um, so I wanted to make a point of getting down and seeing a show in the Tivoli before it was mm. going to get done away with and it seems that I ended up going to like I think it was like the second to last or third to last show Okay. because I think they maybe have just done their last show with like an all women's event uh not too long ago there um but gibson was on that show and the tivoli holds maybe three to four hundred and it's fairly cozy yeah uh you get to know your neighbor quite well yes you do indeed um and he came out and cut a promo and i have never heard so few people boo so loud (laughs) <laughs> and it is an experience and I'm just sitting there just kind of chuckling to myself and going, this is just amazing. You know, if he just was to sit there in the ring and just spout into the microphone for another 15 minutes, 
I don't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so good. Did you have to take your shoes off if you hated Gibson? That was pre. That was pre oh, shoes okay. off for hating Gibson. Okay. I probably wouldn't have took my shoes off though because I don't hate Gibson. <laughs> you were like, uh, I'm not tying up these laces, no way. <laughs> Plus, to be honest, the stories I've heard of what could be on the floor in the tubbly is another thing altogether. Uh, so whether I'd want to take my shoe off is a different story. But there was at one point he was shouting so loud into the microphone that the microphone started to crack and break and just have a real hard time of it. And he was going like, he completely adapted on the fly with his promo. Sorry, I've just had some, as we're talking about um, going from one side of the crowd to the other. Last night, teasing a t-shirt, toss of all things, heard a loud pop in my knee, terrifying, hoping it's a just little meniscus and Sunday I can still deliver. Sadly, folks, I will not be able to wrestle tomorrow in Toronto. I will still be at my pre-show meet and greet to say hello to everyone. Ring of Honor and I will find a suitable replacement for the match. I'm extremely sorry. I'll be able to confirm the extent of the issue after an MRI this week. And that's Cody Rhodes. So Ooh, That's a big deal. Whether big he deal. will be in whether he will able be to wrestle at the show you're going to then? Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, Sorry, it's just like that literally just flashed up my phone and I just here you go, here you go folks, breaking news a week later. Yeah. Uh, breaking news at the time. Um but he was shouting so loud because the crowd was booing so loud and mm. he was like, Turn the microphone up which he's done on a recent episode of NXT UK. He's yes. like, Turn me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think I don't remember at least anybody has ever really done in WWE is actually say, turn my microphone up. Um, but he adapted on the fly and then started you know, saying about, you know, oh, this is a joke promotion. You can't even get working microphones and this and that and the other, and you're all a joke. And I'm saying this obviously more politely yeah, yeah. Uh, than it was in the ring. But um, he is absolutely superb. And he was, if you go back and listen to a Retroshock News from, I think, what was it, during the summer, before the second tournament began... Mm-hmm. I said, he's my dark horse for the tournament. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, he won the tournament. And that was just because I enjoyed his work so much. Uh Um, Right, now, we're not turning this into a Zach Gibson love fest. This is is the Zach Gibson 10 minutes here, But you see, the guy that he beat to get to the final is one of my favourites, is Travis Banks. Okay. Um, So again, he was the one that whenever I watched Super Strong Style 16 from 2017, won that, and then went on to win the Progress Belt and such. So he's... He, again, he's one that's due to be at this um, event, so he's one that I'm really excited to meet because of his style of wrestling and just seeing him at different progress shows as well to see him against like Riddle and things like that. So again, there's been a lot of people then, like I've watched progress and then I've went, oh, you know what, I'll watch the UK tournament, but I watched the... Second one, the one that had Gibson against Dunn. Yeah. And then after that, then I watched the first one, but there were still a lot of people there. I watched them and was like, right, I don't know who this is or that is. But over time, obviously, you get to know them and, yeah. you know, like you get to appreciate them there. Obviously, with you saying that you've done, you know, the independent stuff for about two or three years, say, if somebody was to say to you, your best match that you've seen live at an independent show, what would that be? Oh, jeez, 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 jeez. There's been so many. Um, like, I am heavily invested in the the guys from here. So I am. Um, the Kings of the North. They're uh, a three-man group. Uh, Damien Corvin. Uh, the Big Strong Da, as he refers to himself. Bonesaw. That's a playoff, obviously. Big Strong Boy with Tyler Bate. Uh, and Duncan Disorderly, which is a name that's been around kind of Irish wrestling for a long, long time. They're very much uh, interesting characters. To uh, I'm not going to talk politics or Northern Ireland politics mm-hmm. on this show, but they're very much from uh, the side of the community that uh, has a red hand. So they are, and they play that up. So in Belfast, they are huge baby faces. Mm-hmm. They go down to Dublin, and they're big heels. So it's like whenever Regal and Finlay would fight each other. And Bret fin- Hart and Finlay, stuff like Finlay that. would be the face here, and then go over to England, and then Regal exactly. would be the face. Right, okay. um, they had a fantastic match not too long ago uh, with, funnily enough, Gibson was involved. It was him, uh, a guy called Charlie Sterling, okay. and uh, Shah Samuels, who's been on that world of sport. Um fantastic six man match uh, finish involved uh, Duncan disorderly countering a doomsday device into a Spanish fly 
Oh, I'm getting the pin. Okay. So like Gibson was holding, was it Gibson or Sterling? I think can't remember exactly the where everybody was in it, but no, it was Gibson was on the bottom of the tower, so he was the one holding up Duncan, mm-hmm. and Charlie Sterling was the guy diving to do the doomsday device off the top rope. Duncan catches Sterling, flips him back, does the Spanish fly. And Gibson doesn't turn around and look at the immediate pin that happens behind him. Mm-hmm. Gibson just hears the one, two, three, and Gibson just throws the hands up, thinking that they've automatically retained. He turns around and then, oh, sugar, we haven't won the belts and stuff. Uh, and they were the champions at that time. Uh, Jordan Devlin, as I kind of mentioned earlier, and I, I would have a huge argument with anybody now that would turn and say oh he's just a cheap Finn Balor knockoff yeah, that, or whatever that's one thing that annoys my friend Johnny's whenever they mention that he's been trained by Finn Balor and it's like you don't need to keep mentioning that yeah. we understand why but you know like you have you want that connection you want that connection but we don't need to see that because immediately as you mentioned Finn Balor somebody will go oh he looks like Finn Balor maybe he's just a rip off well, well this is the thing is yes credit has to be given to Finn but this is again stuff you learn uh, from attending the shows and listening to OTT's podcast and all that they do. Uh, someone else that was actually heavily involved in Devlin's training and a key part of him becoming what you would call WWE ready mm-hmm. was a guy called Paul Tracy, who's been a huge part in Irish wrestling of the last decade and a bit. Um, he and Jordan did a huge like, training camp in the run-up to the first UK Championship tournament. Um, to really help him smooth his edges and be what WWE would want to see mm-hmm. in that regard. But all, a load of his matches, he did had a match when he won the OTT title the other year. Because they've even kind of talked about this on NXT UK, about him going on like a 12-month undefeated streak yeah. in Ireland. And that all, that all, well, didn't all start, but his championship reign started with a match with Mark Haskins. Okay. Um, when is it just me? Haskins. Is it just me, or whenever you look at Mark Haskins, you think NDC and Punk? See, now that's being cruel, though. That is a lot of people do say that. I will admit, and a lot of people. I, do no, say I, just mean, I just mean. Oh, yeah, 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 I just mean likewise. I just mean likewise. I don't mean wrestling wise. But again, that's playing back. I always kind of look and go right. Well, if you're going to say it about him, then people can say yeah, fake Finn Balor or cheap yeah. Finn Balor sort of thing. Uh, but fantastic wrestler anyway. But their match was superb because that as much maybe not I've maybe seen better matches mm-hmm. in person than that it's still a really good match but I think it was the story of Devlin having been undefeated and beating because he's been known as the import killer yeah in Ireland he's called the killer import, import yeah mm-hmm. in England brilliant play of words and plus the fact his t-shirt flips upside down yeah, yeah. Um, beating all these guys coming into OTT on his way to the title and then winning the title and then defending the title for so long Leading, beautiful segue to probably what is, I could probably talk about a million other matches, but I'll round this out so you can have a say in some of the stuff you've seen that you really like. And that is, most recently, Walter versus Osprey. Mm -hmm. Walter being the man who eventually dethroned Jordan. Uh, Devlin off his title. Uh, Again, that match, Walter versus Devlin, was superb and had the internet a buzz. Meltzer was talking yeah. about it on Twitter. He's also been talking about the Walter and Osprey match here. Some people have criticised the Walter and Osprey match for having too many false finishes. But see being there in person mm-hmm. and watching it and the feel of the crowd and all, it doesn't matter how many attempted yeah. finishes there were that match or moments that you're like, right, that has to be the match ended. Because mm-hmm. see at that moment when you're with the crowd and you get invested in the match and it goes out of your head oh, it, that this is predetermined. Yeah, yeah. That's when you know you've had I a someti- fantastic match. I sometimes think is that, now, fair enough, you don't do them like one, you know, like a minute after each other, but the more false finishes you have, you're like, right, come on, that's fine to be it. You know, like, and that's the thing that kind of makes you feel more, that's fine to be it. So the more false finishes you have, you're like, you know, come on, come on. And then whenever they get it, you, it kind of you get that rush of euphoria you're like yes he beat him or whatever I think this is going to be an avenue that we're going to talk about because there's so much stuff that we haven't talked about um, and I kind of don't want how long we've been going for now we've gone, been going about an hour but we'll round things out let you talk about a couple of your matches okay well so we'll end like... it, we'll end it there yeah one of the big matches for me 
one of the ones that I was just watching and just like really just captured me was Jeff Cobb against Matt Riddle, as I've said before. Um, I'd seen other stuff like um, Mark Andrews versus Flamita was a big one. Um, for me, Flamita was kind of, I was like looking, I'm going, look at this Rey Mysterio wannabe. And I was like, wow. He's, Saw him on the recent OTT show as he's, well. He's really good. Um, but there's been so many matches. Like there was one, one big shocker was whenever I think it was on that same card that had Jack Sexsmith beat Jack, uh, Zach Gibson mm-hmm. and that was a big shocker but then now I actually have tickets to go and see Super Strong Style next year oh at, do you know at Alexander Palace yeah so Simon, Karen, Robbie and I are all going to that for the three days so Travis Banks has announced his name as that and one of the most recent matches was like you said about Walter was him versus Tyler Bate at Progress at Wembley. It was very much like an Andre Hogan, the size factor, but the stuff that Tyler Bate did oh, with yeah. Walter was insane. And it was really, it was really shocking. The fact that, you know, he could lift him, and put him on his shoulders and then, you know, or spin around and you're just like, wow, that's like Cesaro kind of strength. Um, but that for me was a really good match as well. And then with All In, you know, the likes of say, um, Oh, Kenny Omega against Okada, is it? All in, it was uh, Kenny versus Pentagon. Okay. See, I'm, the New Japan stuff again will yeah, yeah, come yeah. back to you at some stage. Cause we'll again, have to come back to you. I'm just kind of <laughs> dipping my toe into that, like I've just dipped my toe into Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing this Jeff Cobb, Christopher Daniels match, and I think with those two will be a classic match. But Well, here's a perfect way to round things out for now, at least. I think this is definitely something we're going to have to come back to down the line because I think we probably could talk for about another hour. Probably on Zach Gibson alone. Uh, (laughs) But you've kind of teased probably your answer. But is there something particularly... We've done WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And that was a big want for us as wrestling fans. Is there a big want that you have now, having got into independent wrestling? Is it attending more progress is it that super strong style or is there one big independent event that you would like to go to say an all in two or whatever well, is in the future there's a couple like on the list you know like I have a list of independent wrestlers that I want to meet that likes to say Pete Dunne Tyler Bate Trent Seven etc etc hopefully some of them I'll mark off in December but I would love to do a progress show at the Electric Ballroom which I may do in February the progress the super strong style stuff I'm going to do instead of doing my convention in July. Yeah. So I'm going to do that then. I would love to do a takeover in London and I would love to go to a Ring of Honor like whenever it comes back over to see the likes of Jay Lethal to see the likes of if Jeff Cobb's there, Young Bucks, thing, people like that. You know, people who have done so much in the business and have been around for so long but still have that... um, Still have that popularity with the fans yeah. and it's not a case of oh here's Christopher Daniels again what's this near 50 year old doing here you know and seeing things like that you can identify I can't do but I <laughs> he's way fitter than I am he's older than me and he's way fitter I than apologize. I apologise I had to do that oh joke. well I made a joke about your arse yeah. so uh, what's fair is fair um, <laughs> but yeah they would be some things that I would like to do you know like maybe going to like an OTT show because Johnny and I were thinking about going to the Belfast show but it's like the weekend after I'm if in you, London. If you just want to come, let me in hell know. Well, it's the weekend after I've gone to London. So in the w- run up to Christmas time, asking for another Sunday off, yeah. I think I'll probably get kicked but in the we'll have to We'll have to get you to a Dublin show sometime because four in a car, easy peasy. Splits, yeah. splits the cost even more. We're making plans on a show already. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but for me, definitely a progress show is on the cards. I want to go to a progress show. I had been seriously considering Strong Style mm-hmm. uh, for next year. I don't know what to do in regards to that. It all depends on work, really. Okay. Uh, so it does. But if you have any advice, please f- feel free to give it off air. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Because we could talk about it all day here. Um, but definitely a proper progress show would be up there. Yes, technically not an independent show, but still, for me, I identify it as independent in a way because most of the folks on it are independent. Is getting into NXT UK taping of some sort in mm-hmm. the future. Had originally planned to go to the Cambridge tapings, but that kind of fell away at the last second. And then none of the tapings that have been happening the rest of this year have suited. So yeah. keeping fingers crossed that sometime in 2019 a taping comes our way. Yeah, which would be, be nice. lovely. Yeah. Be it Dublin, be it Belfast, be yeah. it whatever. Because they only did like 
four and then they did the Liverpool tapings as well, yes, didn't they? Yes, and now they're doing it at an accelerated pace because they had so much in a back catalogue yeah. and stuff. Um, but NXT UK show is definite, but I think, like you say, some sort of progress show mm-hmm. is kind of the go-to in that regard because pretty much progress is kind of seen as the premier independent brand, company, whatever, yeah. in the UK at the mm-hmm. moment. They're at least the most well-known. Do you know about the This Is Progress documentary, just uh, quickly? Yes, I, I do. I have watched it, and this was kind of, again, what had led me into this. So it kind of right. talks about the owners, and then talks about like Marsh, Mark Haskins and Jimmy Havoc and things like that. So um, it is something that they're... It's meant to come out this year, but he hasn't put a date as to when it is coming oh, out. Yeah. But it's something that once it's released, I'd highly recommend you to watch. Awesome. Well, that wasn't too bad for flying by the seat of her pants. No. And you told me not to worry. Well done, Chris. You knew, you knew everything would be okay. We got there and we still have more for another episode. Exactly. This could have been one of those classic potential two, two and a half hour retro shocks if we'd really let it be. But best to keep it in the bag for the future because you never know what experiences happen between now and that next show that we can talk about. So thank you all for listening, everybody. This has been episode 132 of Operation Retroshock. I have been Alan Price. He's been Chris Frint. Chris Frint. I have been. <laughs> Chris Frint. I have been. Chris Vint. Yeah. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us anytime on Twitter at RetroshockPod. That's Alan G.W. Rice. Um, Hi, well done. Yeah. Uh, Alan G.W. Price, Advento316. Drop us a DM with anything you want to see on the show in the future or do it on Facebook. Just search Operation Retroshock. Or if you've enjoyed the show, Drop us a nice little review on TuneIn, Stitcher, or iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. Woo! That was a good show. I enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed it. I did. And we'll see you all next week. We will.